Nehemiah Perek 8. In order to understand Nehemiah Perek 8, we need to look at the last pasuk of Nehemiah Perek 9 in order to give ourselves context as to what we're referring to. The last pasuk was, uh, So it was the seventh month and the children of Israel are in the cities. Uh, the reason why that pasuk is significant is because we see it was the seventh month elsewhere. And what I'm referring to is, is Ezra Perek Gimel, the third Perek of Ezra. Uh, which also starts with right, So it was reached the seven months and Menesel were in the cities. Uh, the reason why it's interesting that both of these are referring to the start of the seven months is because both of these Pesukim come after a long list of the people who came up with Zerubbabel. Uh, so in Ezra, that happens in Perik Bet. So we have the whole Perik Bet of all the people who came up with Zerubbabel, and then we have And as we saw in the last Perik of Nehemiah, Perik Zayin, uh, we also had an almost identical list of the people who came up with Zerubbabel and finishing up with the Pasuk uh, That would be great. It would seem we're referring to the same document and the same counting. The only issue is what happens next. As we'll see in Perechet, we don't refer to the same things that we talk about in Perechimel. Uh, so while both of them are saying we're in the seventh month, what happens in these seven months is very different. In Nehemiah Perechet, in what we're about to read, we basically have Ezra reading the Sefer Torah. In Ezra Perek Gimel, we had the sanctification of the new Mizdeach that was just built. Um, however, there are some more similarities before, besides for being seven months. Uh, both these Perakim specifically mention Sukkot. We'll see in our Perek it mentions a particularly special Sukkot that they had. So to sum up what we have, we have a very similar Pesukim, very similar Perek of both lists of people that came up with Zerubbabel. We have a, the next Pasuk after this thing, it was the seventh month. And then we have two divergent events. Uh, the Mepharshim go various different ways in interpreting this, and we'll start with two main paths. The first is Rashi, and Rashi says that indeed Ezra Peregimel and Nehemiah Perechet, so the continuation of the story, are the same thing. This is the same seventh month, it is the same year, the same Sukkot, uh, when Zerubbabel was sanctifying the altar, and over here where Ezra is reading the Sefer Torah. Now, we mentioned several times that Zerubbabel did come up before Ezra. So Ezra only came up during the time of Dayadish. Ezra was, Zerubbabel was during the time of Kodesh. Uh, what that means is that Ezra and Nehemiah as well must have went up to Zerubbabel during the time of Kodesh, went back, back into Persia later, perhaps when the building of the temple was stopped, and came back up later with Dayadish. Uh, so that's the interpretation of Rashi. Rashi here is supported by Yakushimoni and Pikred Rabbi Eliezer, which both indicate that Ezra came, did indeed come up with Zerubbabel. However, Reed and other Mithrashim, uh, going basing themselves off the Talmud and Megillah, uh, state that Ezra did not go up with Zerubbabel, that indeed Ezra and Nehemiah were not in Yerushalayim with Zerubbabel. So, therefore, if they're not there with Zerubbabel, then the time period of in the Hamiyah Perechet, which mentioned Ezra and the Hamiyah, as we'll see, reading the Sefer Torah and performing a 
community with the people cannot be the same as the Hesnab Gimel, which talks about sanctifying the altar. Thus, the way Reed explains this Pesukim, even though we're talking about the seventh month after this long list, that's the end of the document. Perhaps, indeed, Nehemiah used this as a sort of play on the Pesukim to show that even though it ended with the Pedic HaChodesh now we're starting the new Pedic with a in the seventh month, but a completely different seventh month, many years later, uh, when Israel Nehemiah came up. It's worth noting that Rashi's explanation and understanding that Israel went up and came back and went back up to Israel is only plausible with the time period of Hazal, uh, in which Israel and Nehemiah were not that many years after Zerubbabel. Uh, but with the modern Perushim, who do have a time period of about 60 years plus between uh, Israel and Nehemiah and Zerubbabel, then it is pretty implausible that Israel would have uh, went up and then went back 60 years later and still been a leader of the people during both at both of those periods. Uh, with that introduction, let's begin Perichet. Uh, as we mentioned, we're starting with the first day of Tishrei, which is essentially Rosh Hashanah. And we'll see the process, we'll see Sukkot as well, and we'll, we'll see B'nai so go through the process of essentially uh, celebrating Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot. We'll see Pedic Tet talk about the people doing Shuvan, returning to Hashem. And Pedic Yud, one of the most powerful Brits we have in Nach, a Brit literally the covenant of faith, which Zran Nachamiyan make with the people. Uh, so, really, at the end of Tanakh here, this is essentially the last years recorded in Tanakh, uh, after already the building of the Second Temple. The, the, essentially, Tanakh is going to finish off with a Brit of the people to Hashem, Brit Kamana. Perichet, Pasuk Aleph. Le'yasfu kol ha'am ki ish echad el ha'rechov asher lifnei sha'al ha'mayim le'yiminu le'ezra ha'sofer le'havi et sefer t'rat Moshe ha'shetzivad unayit Yisrael. And all the people gathered as one man to the plaza in front of the water gate and told the Israel scribe to bring the book of Torah Moshe that God commanded to B'nai Yisrael. Right away in the first pasuk, we'll notice something different about this pedic, Ezra's mention. Uh, so during the rest of Nehemiah, we did not see Ezra. He did not figure uh, in the first seven pedakim. Uh, the reason why Ezra is being brought now is obvious. Right now, look what we're talking about. We're talking about Sefer Torah. We're talking about the people making a with Hashem. And as we mentioned uh, throughout the book, this was Ezra's realm. Uh, Ezra was the Torah leader. Ezra was the one who was if they, people wanted to be read Torah or be taught Torah, um, Ezra was the one they were going to turn to. And we will see a little later on in this Pidik, Nehemiah doesn't come into picture, but for the next couple of Pesukim, speaking about the reading of the Torah, it's actually exclusively uh, dedicated to Ezra. Nehemiah does not seem to play a role here at all, in fact. Pesuk bit. And the Zerah the Kohen brought the Torah in front of the congregation from man to woman and all who understand to hear on the first day of the seventh month. Uh, so right now the entire congregation is there, far none. The Pasuk says, which is translated who understand to hear. Uh, some like the Malbim take this to mean that Ezra also taught them Torah Shabbat or the Torah that is only 
spoken by hearing and not by writing. Um, others, such as the Robah, he explains that this refers to young children, which, even if they won't deeply comprehend what was being said, would simply be able to hear with some understanding of what the words mean. Pesukimu. And he read from it before the plaza, which is before the water gate, from dawn until midday, opposite the men, the women, and those who understand, and the ears of all the people were to the Sefer of Torah. And Israel scribe stood on a water tower made for this purpose, and next to him stood Matitya and Shema and Anaya and Uriya and Chukia and Masiya on his right. And on his left, So Israel was sitting on some sort of stage, reading the Torah in front of the people, noticeably absent from the list of leaders, as we mentioned in the introduction, is Nehemiah. Okay. And Israel opened the scroll before the eyes of all the people, for he was on top of all the people, and when he opened it, all the people stood up. Pesuk here is sending a somber tone. Now the people are all looking, all, all there, all looking up at Israel on the stage as he opens the Sefer Torah. And as he opens it up, they all stand up. Ramah and some Ashkenazim today still do stand up whenever a Sefer Torah is read. Uh, interestingly, they don't seem to bring this Pesuk. Uh, the way we translated that Pesuk, Abdu Kol Ha'am, this is according to the Ibn Israel, the Talmud, amongst other Mifarshim, uh, translated as stood still. So all the people uh, literally were silent. They did not They did not make a noise, not that they actually stood up. Uh, and the Talmud brings this according to one opinion that this is actually a source for where we know we need to be quiet while the Torah is being read in Shul today. Pesuk Vav. And the Zra blessed Hashem, the great God, and the whole nation answered, Amen, Amen, with their hands upraised, and they bowed and prostrated themselves to Hashem, face to the ground. Zerah Pasuk blesses Hashem. Uh, the Rabbag interprets that this is actually Berkata Torah, which we have today, and we do know that Israel is the one who instituted Berkata Torah. Uh, it is attributed to him. So it would make sense that perhaps this was this is the source of Berkata Torah that we still have today. Uh, the Pasuk says, Ha'elokim HaKadol, the great God, and the Tamura offers several explanations. Rav understands that Israel here said Sem HaMeforash, uh, which normally one is not allowed to say. However, Israel at this point, uh, essentially had a hora'atra or a temporary ruling, which allowed him to do so. And the people certainly had an emotional response, um, as we see answering amen and prostrating themselves on the ground, bowing to Hashem. Pesuk Zayin. Yeshua uvani v'sherevya yamin akuv shavitai hodia ma'asaya kelita azaria yozavad hanan pelaya v'hodiim nevinim eta'am laturah v'ha'am and Yeshua and Bani and Sereviya, Yamin, Akuv, Shabtai, Hodiya, Masiyak, Litazariya, Yozavar, Hanan, Pulaya, and the Leviim were teaching the people Torah while the people stood.
essentially the Torah teachers, the leaders, the monks of the Levim, uh, while Israel was reading the Torah, perhaps um, breaks in between the passages, were going and explaining the Torah and helping to teach the people the meaning of the Torah. We'll go into more detail to perhaps what exactly these teachers were doing uh, in the next Pasuk, Pasuk Chet. And they read in the book, in God's Torah, clearly, and they placed thought and understood the text. Some of you may recognize this Pasuk as Tanakh Study's motto, and indeed it is a very fitting motto. Uh, the Pasuk starts off, Pasefer Beturat Elohim. Uh, so this is not all one word, there's two different semichuts here, so there's Pasefer in the book, and then in Torat Elohim, uh, the God's Torah. Malbim understands that this refers to both the written Torah and the oral Torah, and certainly uh, identifying the fact that more than just the actual text was being read to the people here is an important point. Um, as we'll see, this leads the people to revolutionize their relationship to God, and it certainly um, would be fitting to have a full, the full realm of the Torah taught to the people. The pasuk continues meforash clearly. Uh, so read and Rabag following the Talmud, understanding meforash is referring to targum. Uh, so they translated the pasukim for the people. Rambam from here in the Mishnah Torah learns that Israel indeed did establish the custom of reading the Talgrum along with the Sefer Torah. Uh, if anyone has been to a Yemenite congregation, this is done until today, so after every Pasuk, uh, actually the Targum, the Aramaic translation, will be read along with the Pasuk. Um, during the Talmud, this was widespread practice, and every congregation was doing it. And 2,000 late years later, we're still translating the Tanakh into the to the language that we speak, into English. Uh, and the same way that we saw earlier in Nehemiah, sort of we could identify with uh, the establishment of the Jewish nation, of the Jewish state, both physically and as a national identity, uh, we could certainly identify with continuing to teach and learn the Torah, um, as B'nai Israel did uh, back so much time ago. The end of the Pasuk is really a very powerful way uh, to describe the people giving it their hearts. So it wasn't just a reading and, and understanding the translation. It was really something that people applied their minds to. They went and tried to understand the depths of the Mikra, what what really the, the text was trying to tell them and what God was trying to communicate through uh, to them. Uh, and really a very powerful way of stating that B'nai Israel were grappling with the text on more than, than just a surface level, but rather really trying to uh, go deeper with understanding. Pasuk Tet. Teaching the people said to all the people, Today is sacred to Hashem, your God. Don't mourn or weep. Because all the people were weeping when they heard the word of the Torah. Now, finally, we see Nehemiah back in the picture. Uh, if you remember, we mentioned earlier, we identified Nehemiah as Hatrashata. We see in this Pasuk, uh, again, he is clearly identified as Hatrashata. And the reason why Israel is back now is because we're done with the strictly Torah portions, which is Israel's domain, and now we're back to uh, bringing together the people as, as a nation, as a whole, as a group. And uh, for that, Nehemiah is certainly going to be in 
involved in the picture. And what's happening here is that people are crying when they hear the word of Hashem. Uh, they're, they're essentially hearing things that perhaps they may not have been doing. Perhaps they heard some punishments. Or perhaps they're simply emotional upon finally uh, hearing the word of God after perhaps a long period of time of not studying it. And the people are crying. Now, if you remember, today is Rosh Hashanah, which spurs the leaders as Zvan and the rest of the people uh, to tell the people that you, you shouldn't be crying today. Today is a day of holiness. It's sanctified to Hashem. And they'll elaborate more in the next Pasuk. Pasuk Yud. And he said to them, Go eat fatty foods and drink sweet drinks and send portions to those that don't have prepared because today is holy to Hashem. And don't be sad for the rejoicement of God is your strength. Nehemiah elaborates uh, on what was said in the last Pasuk. Not just don't be sad or, or don't be crying. Go rejoice. Go eat uh, festive foods. Go drink festive drinks. Why? Because today is holy. This Pasuk is actually brought down in Halakha of today for not fasting, as a source for not fasting on Rosh Hashanah. One could also interpret it as uh, more expansive and saying to indeed Rosh Hashanah is a happy day, not a sad day. Uh, and the reason why this needs to be said uh, is because while Rosh Hashanah is a Chag or, or a holiday like the other holidays in the Chumash, uh, Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot, it also has the nature of being a day of judgment for the people. Uh, so it has sort of that dual nature of a holy day while at the same time being a day of judgment. And so here the people uh, are being told by Nehemiah, just remember that this is a day of sanctified to God. This is a day in which you should rejoice as well. And you're not allowed to fast and not allowed to be uh, sad or downcast on this day. The Pasuk ends, Chedvat Adunai Himauzchen. Uh, the happiness of God is your strength. Two ways to interpret this. Ibn Ezra understands that Hashem's commandment to be happy on Yom Tov will give you strength to continue being happy. Rav Bag understands uh, that Hashem's commandment to be happy on Yom Tov brings closer attachment to God. Uh, perhaps reminiscent of Hasidut, uh, essentially saying that happiness and rejoicement will bring you strength and closer to your attachment to God as you work through Hashem through Simcha. It's interesting to note here, or as sort of support for the for the idea of Eruv Tavshilin in the Gemara, as well as Chedvat uses as support for the idea in the Talmud that Hashem repays all those who borrow money to pay for food on Yom Tov. So certainly these Pesukim, as we think in Masechet Betzah, are really taken and used to, to learn wider rules about how to behave uh, in terms of in relations to the holidays. Pesukit Aleph. And the Levim were quieting all the nations saying, Be quiet, for this day is holy, don't be sad. The Levi'im were supporting the Hamya and sent double reinforcing his message. Pasuk Yudbet, 
ויחו כל העם לאכול ולשתות ושלח מנות ועשות שמחה גדולה כי הבינו בדברים אשר הודיעו להם. And all the nation went to eat, to drink, and to send portions, and to make a great happiness, because they understood the things which were told them. We see the people are able to comprehend the idea of Simchat Adunayim Ha'azchem. They're able to comprehend this idea of becoming closer to Hashem, while at the same time not being sad and depressed about what they were reading, and were really able to take it to heart. Uh, we see over here, Ki Hevinu Badvarim, similar to uh, some Sechali Avinu Bamikra, they were able to really place their, place their mind to it and understand what was trying to be told to them. Uh, we'll stop here and pick up with the second part of the Pedic tomorrow.